Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we take a two-week break from the book of Acts. This week, our message celebrates the birth of Christ found in the Gospels of Matthew, Luke, and John. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, Glory to God in the Highest. All of us at Heritage Bible Radio and Heritage Bible Church wish you all a joyful, Christ-centered Christmas. This week I, I heard somebody repeat the alleged application, what does Luke 2, 7 mean? And the application was, this Christmas, be sure you make room for Jesus. Now, I get the sentiment, okay, don't ignore Jesus. But the theology behind that is abominable. Make room for Jesus implies move some things around in your life so that you can make space for Him to occupy. You know, you move some furniture in your living room to make room for the Christmas tree, so move some stuff in your life to make a little room for Jesus. Please also disabuse your idea of making room for Jesus as if He's a holiday decoration. And please disabuse yourself of this vapid idea that Jesus is the reason for the season. No, the reason for the season is the tilt of the earth's axis as it revolves around the sun. Okay? Uh, the, the proper application of this is what Paul wrote, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. Don't make room for Jesus. He wrote, for me to live is Christ. I am all about living for Him. He is everything to me. And to die is gain, he says. Or Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. You don't just make room for Him. He is Lord at His birth. And that's what He will always be. Now that's the birth of Jesus. Just seven verses. Pretty cool. But what contrasts? If you were to start in Luke chapter 1 and move into Luke chapter 2, Gabriel says to Mary, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And then the baby's born and there was no room for them in the inn. Or he will be called great and will be called the son of the most high. His kingdom will have no end. And what was his first throne? A manger in an obscure place out of the eyes of everybody that thought themselves important. Now that should help you understand 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, which is actually a pretty good Christmas verse. I ought to use this to preach on Christmas sometime. 
2 Corinthians 8, 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, I mean, He is at the right hand of the Father. He is God, face to face with the Father. He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, that you through His poverty might become rich. Again, don't read into, the stat, into that destitution on the part of Joseph and Mary. Read into that He humbled Himself and took on human flesh and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Do you see the sovereignty of God in this? Caesar Augustus made his decree, and he had no idea that God specified that He would make that decree at that time so that the perfect time for the human realization of God's eternal plan of redemption would happen on the right day. Never forget, God is in control, and He loves to hook that word extra onto the ordinary. Just ponder the humility and the simplicity of all of this. The one who would eventually say, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's had not yet been born when Caesar was obeying him, even though he didn't know it. And Joseph and Mary never thought of refusing to obey the emperor in anything that was not contrary to the will of God, and God used it all. He took all these ordinary things to do the most extraordinary thing that has ever been done Now let's look at the announcements in verses 8 through 20. There are three rounds of announcements of Jesus' birth. There's an angel to the shepherds. Then there's a heavenly throng speaking to the shepherds. And then the shepherds speaking to the others in verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. If you can go with, to Israel with me next year, I hope we stop at that place and you can overlook that. that as I say, that just, to me, it's, it's one of the most uh, goosebumpy things there. Second, of course, to the, Olivet, uh, or the uh, uh, Mount of Olives. Now, these were probably poor men, but they were devout in their commitment to the Lord. Uh, overall, shepherds were the nobodies of their culture. They were a despised class of people. They were consistently looked down upon. They were not allowed to give their testimony in courts. They probably struggled from day to day just to, you know, eat and live and continue to eat and live and take care of the sheep. I would imagine that they probably relied on royalties for imposing for nature nature scenes, nativity scenes, I should say, to uh, help them scrape by for those first few decades. Maybe it was because of the social ostracizing that kept them from the temple that also kept them from all the corruption and the compromises of the religious leaders of that time. They were pure, simple believers in God. And what they heard that night, oh, what a shock. Verse 9, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. No, they didn't see a star from thousands of miles away slowly getting bigger. It's pitch dark. And suddenly an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. Listen, if you encounter an angel, unless it's one of those that sneaks in and out and and pretends to be human and you, you can't even notice, if you see an angel, 
in garb as an angel, you're going to be scared to death. Remember the standard first words of angels when they encounter humans? Here it is in verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. (laughs) Yeah, why do you say that? Because they were. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. This is for everyone, guys. Anyone and everyone. The angel could have said, notice we're not in the temple in Jerusalem. We're out here in the fields with you. This is for anyone and everyone, regardless of nationality, age, sex, wealth, fame, social position, education, reputation. God honored these humble, despised shepherds with the first announcement of the arrival of His Son. Verse 11, For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. By the way, I don't think Jesus was born at night. Today a Savior has been born for full effect. The glory light comes at night. They're already settled in. This is a Savior who is the Lord, Christ, Messiah, the Lord. You know, this controversy about the Lordship of Jesus is really foolishness. He was born the Lord. He is the Lord. He is the Master. You cannot have what Jesus offers unless you have Jesus, which means you submit to who He is. If Jesus is not your Lord, He's not your Savior. He is the Savior who is the Lord. Don't make room for Him. Yield your life to Him without reservation. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This time of year, it's cool. It's even socially acceptable to say nice things about Jesus Nearly everyone will give lip service to Jesus. That is, unless you get around to defining who He is. No, no, I'm not into that. Verse 13, and suddenly, notice the two suddenlies, scared the daylights out of Him when one angel appeared, and then suddenly comes a multitude. There appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom He is pleased. Now, as much as we enjoy the song, and I do really enjoy the song, there's a version Marcia and I have been playing this whole Christmas season, I'm pretty sure that that mass of angels did not suddenly lapse into Latin and pronounce glory to God the Latin Gloria, by making the O sound into 16 syllables. I counted them this week. Glow, O, 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 Ria. Matter of fact, you know the text doesn't say that they sang. It says they said it. I don't know how they did it. I don't care if they sang. I'm glad we like to sing it. Singing is a good way to remember things. You can remember a a Bible verse that way, even if you do happen to be remembering it in Latin, which you don't speak. But they were saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, God came to earth. On earth, peace among men with whom He is pleased. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.